Welcome to today's episode of Retail Initiative. I'm excited because it's been an interesting year. I think we could all say that. Uh, some in some really good ways, some in some really hard ways. And I feel like I learned a lot and I would love to share some of these lessons because I think they would be encouraging for you. So we're going to dive into the theme and then we're going to get right into it. So I'll see you in a second. The rules of retail are changing. One by one, corporate retailers are closing their doors and some call it the death of retail. But those rules never apply to independent retailers like us. We're writing our own rules. We're here to answer the questions about how to grow your business, stay competitive, and still have a life. I'm Josh Orr, and this is the Retail Initiative Podcast. All right. Um, so this year was challenging. Honestly, so like personally, I went into it uh, with really big goals. And I like my theme was like, I, I don't want to play small anymore. Uh, and, and if I'm honest, a lot of the goals that I set <clears throat> were, were not met. I would say I'm maybe at like a 60% completion rate or um, pass fail. And, and part of that is I think I set too broad of goals. I wasn't very specific. Um, but before I get into 2023 planning and really thinking about what I want to do, I want to reflect on 2022. And I would encourage you to do the same. Um one of the things that I've been thinking about is like, okay, what am I proud of this year? What what went really, really well? What what was accomplished? Were there milestones I should reflect on? Um, what do I want to stop doing? What did not fuel my goals, fuel the things that I'm wanting? What do I want to continue doing? What things were actually working really well that I want to keep going? And what things do I want to start doing? What am I currently not doing that I want to start? Um, so those are the things that I'm starting to think about. Um, but as I was doing this, I really noticed a pattern with a lot of the themes. Uh, and it's nine things that I that I learned this year. Uh, and really, I, I work to implement coming out of these things throughout the year. And so I want to dive into them. Uh, it's nine unique lessons that I learned this year. Um, so lesson number one, uh, my calendar is going to say what is most important to me. Uh, and this year I learned to, to protect my schedule and prioritize what matters most. Uh, and honestly, I kind of learned the power of saying no. So what I mean by this is I'll, for a long time, I let my calendar happen to me. Um, and my days a lot of times were taken away. So I would have these goals and things I'm wanting to do, but then like jumping on quick calls or getting on a quick Zoom meeting or whatever, I was constantly being pulled away from those. Um, and here's the thing about that is I think a lot of us believe that being helpful always is a good thing because who doesn't want to be helpful? Um, but the, the reality is like if you believe in what you're doing and you believe in the impact that what you do matters, when you let yourself get away from that, you are saying like, hey, you know what? No, the, the impact I make is not as, as important. I'm going to drop my priorities that make an impact in the world, and I'm going to adopt yours. That's what we do when we let our calendar happen to us. So instead, I said, hey, you know what? I believe in what I'm doing. The impact that I'm making in the retail community and helping brick-and-mortar retailers gain traction online is important enough that I need to protect it. And so I started saying no to things that in the past I wouldn't have said no to. Um, and I, I actually built out what I call like my perfect calendar. 
and it is built in a way where I have blocks of time uh, that function in the way that helps my energy maintain my energy. Um, so like I can't go from client team calls to sales calls to client calls uh, because it just like my brain doesn't function that way. Um, I need to start with the creative and then I can typically get into sales type calls. And then if I need to end my day with client calls, I can typically transition. But if I go from to client calls and then sales calls, like my energy level is just off. Um, and so for you, like what would that look like for you to say, okay, when am I most productive? When is my energy the highest? Okay, let's say that's first thing in the morning. Well, then let's block some of that time to tackle the things that are going to move the needle most and protect that time with everything that you can. And what I would say to start, like even if it's just blocking off 30 minutes and that time is sacred, nothing, nothing can get in the way of that time. Uh, so block that time off and say, I'm gonna focus on what moves the needle most during this time. And I think what you'll find is you're able to, to take far more than you want. But again, this year I learned to protect my schedule because that's what allows me to make the greatest impact. Um, lesson number two, there is never a perfect time to start, so it might as well be now. Uh, I have operated under this idea of like needing to think through everything all the time and, uh, you know, waiting until, you know, coordinating launches with, with various partners that we have, uh, trying to wait until all the right pieces are in place. So I can't do this until this is ready to go. And just realizing that never happens. Like the perfect opportunity to do something will never occur. And so instead of waiting, just start. Just start. And so for you, like maybe you have been waiting until the perfect time to really start focusing on online. You've been waiting for the point of sale integration to work and Facebook ads to finally start working again or whatever that thing might be. But that perfect time may never occur. So you might as well start now. Lesson number three, um, and this one might be one of the most important ones, especially right now. Um, and it's this idea that I generally find what I'm looking for. Uh, and this especially is about the, the information that, that I take in. And, and so think about like, um, if, you've, if you're feeling fearful, and you're like, oh my, oh my gosh, the, uh, the economy is, is tanking and, you know, my, my sales are going to go bad and, and I'm not, my numbers are down from last year and oh my gosh. And you can go to a Facebook group and you can find comments that are like, no, nothing's working for me right now. Is nothing working for you too? And you're going to see a hundred comments from other people saying, oh my gosh, like it's crickets. My site was crushing it and now it's doing terrible. And you can open Twitter or whatever platform you use and you can find all this terrible news. Or what if instead of seeking those things out, we said like, what if we could find things that are going to fuel the ability to overcome it? And so the, the mistake here is I think a lot of times we, may, we get this idea that we have to go one way or the other. And it's like either things are stoking your fears or we have to pretend it doesn't exist. And that's not what I'm saying. So the, the example of this is like the recession. We cannot pretend that it's not there. It is. It's affecting our economy. But am I reading things that make me fearful of it? Or am I reading things that help me see how 
I can succeed regardless of, of what is going on. That is encouraging me to not be fearful of it, but to say, okay, it is what it is. What next? And I have found that when I surround myself with that and I limit the amount of fear stoking stuff, because if I spend too much time in that, it affects everything. I start getting this idea that I'm not going to be able to succeed. Um, and that's just going to impact everything else that I'm doing. So protect your inputs. Don't put yourself in, in circumstances where you're fearful of what's going on because it's not going to serve you in any way. It doesn't mean that you pretend that the circumstance is not there. It means that you you say, okay, but what next? Like, what what do I do with it? Um, and the hat, because the reality is there's not a circumstance that is really that new. None of this is new. The recessions aren't a new thing. Yet businesses have thrived in them and leaving them. And so if we can figure out a way to say, okay, how can I be make my business bulletproof through this recession, then leaving it, we're going to be stronger than any of our competition. All right, so that one might be one of the most important lessons I learned because uh, I feel victim. I don't. I feel victim. I chose to fall fall victim to this for a while, and I had to get out of it. And so, if that's you right now, I encourage you protect what you're reading. If it's just stoking your fears, get away from it. It's not. It's not serving you. It's. It might be true, but it's not helpful. And you want things that are both true and helpful. All right, number four, no amount of success in business is going to co compensate for not being successful at home. Uh, this is a common one. And especially, for, I know a lot of you are female entrepreneurs. Uh, and what I don't want to do here is, is give you like mom guilt. Uh, because I think as a male, it's a little bit different. And I'm just being honest. I, I think that um, the expectations on us are just so different and it's not fair. Um, and so just to be clear, I think most of the female entrepreneurs that I meet are incredible mothers uh, and incredible wives and are serving their families in incredible ways. Um, as a dude, it was easy for me to want to just dive into my work. And, and even when I was with my kids, my brain was still at work. Uh, and realizing that if I continue to operate in that way, uh, I'm not a great dad and I'm not great at doing what I do. And so this year I've worked really hard to make not just time room for my kids and my wife, but actually like mental time, mental room for my kids and my wife. Um, I do everything that I can to set any of my worries and or any of my uh, projects or any of that aside and just be present with them mentally, physically, emotionally, um, all of that, because I think that is what's most important. In fact, um, I would say that I would rather see my friends and, and colleagues be fully present with their family when they're with them than be a parent who's with them all the time, but you're not present. And I think that is, um, speaking back to uh, a female entrepreneur group, I think that's the thing that I would believe that you you have to work through is maybe it's not the volume of time that you're around. Although I think, yes, you want to be around your kids plenty. I'm not saying that. 
Um, but don't feel guilt when you have to go invest in the thing that you're passionate about in your business, because what matters most is the way you are when you're with them. So that that one's a little bit nuanced, and but I hope that it is encouraging for you. Um, number five, I have to believe in what I'm doing and creating before I can ever expect anyone to come along with me. Uh, I, this is going to get a little bit personal. I found myself very insecure about team building this year. Um, and I, I think it's always been there, but I noticed the insecurity this year. Um, so I had this idea of like, oh, why would anyone really want to work here? I just, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, we're this little old business. And I, I found myself making decisions on things like benefits really out of a place of insecurity, not out of a place of like what's best for the team, but really like wanting to co compensate for something. Uh, and instead I was like, man, my company is making such an impact in the world, especially in the retail community. Why would anyone not want to be a part of it? We're building something incredible here. We have an incredible culture, an incredible product. And why would someone not want to be a part of this team? It's ridiculous to not want to. Um, and I had to believe that before I could ever expect anyone else to. So for your business, uh, if recruiting or any of that has been challenging, go back to your mission and your vision. What are you setting out to do in the world? If it's just selling a product, it's going to be difficult for you to really believe in the mission. But if we take it a step deeper than that, what does your product do for your customer? And when you can start to believe in that mission, then I think it, it becomes obvious for a team to want to be a part of the impact that you're making in the world. So that's lesson number five. Lesson number six, the thing that I worry about most in any given moment is almost always a non-issue within a few weeks. So why worry? How many times are you just so stressed? It keeps you up at night. And you know what? Like six weeks later, it's just not even a thing. And so why let those things consume energy? We had this situation uh, earlier this year. I think it was like February or March with really it, it just sucked it is what it is um and i remember i went to this dinner and all i wanted all i could think about was this situation and you know my kids are playing and i'm just talking to my wife about it and she's like josh you have let this thing literally eat up your entire dinner with your family why is it that big of a deal like what's the worst thing that can happen and is that that bad and i had to realize like no it's not and you know what Six weeks later was a non-issue. Uh, so, and I let it take away from my day. I let it take away from my time with my family. And I shouldn't have. doesn't mean that you, we can't take things serious and approach them as the problem that they are, but we don't need to stress over them to the degree that we do. Number seven, uh, community is important. And you want to surround yourself with people that make you better and that you can make better. Um, Jim Rohn, one of my favorite people, said that you are the combination of the five people you spend the most time with. And one of the things that I've learned the hard way and the easy way is if you want to level up your business, your life, your wealth, your health, any of those things, find people who are where you want to be and befriend them. Like if you want to be a millionaire, make friends with millionaires. You will think different. You will talk different. Um, it is amazing what you, the community of people you put around you does for you. Uh, and for me, this has meant like I pay to be in masterminds. 
to be in business groups right now. I'm in a mastermind uh, led by Taylor Welch called uh, The Wealthy Consultant. And it is a phenomenal group of people where I have made amazing friends and we push each other to be better. Uh, and it doesn't mean that it's you're purely selfish with it. Like there are times when you know that you are helping someone level, like you're helping them level up. But the what you don't want to do is not know what the circumstance is. Like, is it just a peer or is it someone that you are mentoring and you are helping? But when we don't know those differences, that's when we can really find ourselves staying pretty stagnant. Uh, Alex Hormozzi, who's one of my favorite uh, writers and business coaches, you know, he says that, you know, when you're growing, you're growing two or three years, like two or three years later, you can look back and see like, I'm a different person. And then you go back to an old friend group and they have not grown two or three years. They have just lived the same six months, 10 times. And you, we have to be careful about when we're in those groups, like, are, are we being encouraged towards better? Or are we being pulled back to old ways of thinking? All right, number eight. Um, this should be fun. If we're not having fun in our business, what does it really matter? I think as coming out of the last few years that have been really stressful, this is the theme that I'm seeing in the retail community is that we're just not having fun anymore. And what would it look like just to be curious about what's working, what's not, and make the process fun. Uh, to not put so much weight into everything and just see like, hey, what when when was a time that I really enjoyed what I do? And how can I make it feel like that again? What was I doing that was fun? Uh, or what could make it fun? And let's start that. Um, and if you're not having fun, change it. Change what you're doing. Um, or sometimes, and this leads us to point number nine, you just need to rest. If there's any theme of 2022 that I think a lot of us learned, and if you haven't, you will soon, is the importance of allowing your body, your body, your mind to rest. Take time off. Get away from it. And what's fascinating here is that will is actually like the hack of growth. Um, because you know, creativity, the the way you're setting a vision, all of that is a muscle. It is literally a muscle in your brain. And if you know, if you work out all the time and you never let your body rest, your muscles will never actually grow. So when we are operating out of this creative space constantly and we don't let ourselves pull back and rest, our creativity level goes down. What we're able to do goes down. So take the day off. You need it. You deserve it. Your team deserves it because at the end of the day, if you are not taking that rest, then you are not going to be capable of being the leader that you need and want to be. Uh, so this one was kind of an all over the place episode, but it was nine hard earned lessons this year. I hope they were encouraging for you. And uh, I can't wait to see what is in store for 2023 for you, for me. Uh, I think it's going to be a great year. It's going to have challenges, but I think that it is nothing that is not overcomable with the right mindset, the right strategy, and obviously the right tactics. And hopefully this podcast is helpful in serving that. Um, this is likely the last episode of the year. So I want to say happy New Year's, happy holidays. Uh, I'm grateful for you joining me along in this journey, and I can't wait to see you next year. Have a good one.